Thanks for tuning in to the Archive, brought to you by the Mail Tribune. I'm Alyssa Corman, and I'll be sharing the news with you from 100 years ago in the splendid city of Medford and Jackson County at large in 1918. Today, I'll let you in on a new city ordinance that is going into effect. The sale of baking flour is undergoing radical changes as well. And a bunch more exciting news. So get comfortable, and we'll delve right in. Saturday morning was lively at the public market. About 30 crates of homegrown strawberries were sold at from three boxes for a quarter to 10 cents a box. Bushels of peas and about 150 pounds of new potatoes were also sold. There was a nice lot of young veal on hand as well. Letters are a precious thing indeed, both to our boys over there and to us here on the home front. The first of the soldiers' Mother's Day letters to reach Medford was Sergeant George Gates' letter to his mother, Mrs. C.E. Gates, which was written in France May 5th and arrived here Friday afternoon. May 12th was the day for all soldiers in service to write their mother's special letters. But George, who was on special duty in the Army Motor Department, not knowing where he would be on May 12th, wrote his letter on May 5th so as to be sure his mother would get it in time. Mrs. Gates has been crying with joy ever since the precious letter's arrival. Uncle Sam calls for our support in a variety of ways, and at times those ways can seem a bit extreme but it is our patriotic duty to support our Sammies and our allies in all ways possible, to give until we can't possibly give any more. It is in this spirit of patriotism that our government has seen it necessary to have all sales of flour in the county stopped until July 1st. The Mail Tribune has received the following notice from W.A. Folger, County Chairman. To all retailers of flour in Jackson County, we have endeavored to reach all merchants in this county by telephone, letter, or personal service regarding the action of the Merchants Association in Ashland and Medford and have been assured of the cooperation of all other merchants in the county. It is now proposed that we put Oregon on a wheatless basis until August 1st and follow the instructions and regulations of the U.S. Food Administration. Our merchants, as far as we have been able to reach, have agreed to follow the Food Administration's request, and all are willing to return all flour in their possession to the U.S. Food Administration to be shipped to our armies and allies in France. The Food Administration has notified us that they will send specific instructions regarding the taking over of flour on hand very soon. In the meantime, please refrain from selling any white wheat flour. The Food Administration advises they cannot take over the whole wheat and gram flour, and therefore you are permitted to sell what you have on hand, in accordance with the regulations now in force. The U.S. Food Administration also asks that all individuals turn back such flour as they have on hand in unbroken packages. This is not compulsory, but those who realize the seriousness of the situation 
believe it to be their patriotic duty. No wheat flour will be received that contains weevils. However, any individual who has more flour than is necessary to run him until August 1st, based on one and a half pounds of flour per week for those not engaged in heavy manual labor, and three and a half pounds per week for those engaged in hard labor, will be considered as having on hand more than they are entitled to, and it is demanded of such individuals that they return any surplus flour, based on said regulations. Otherwise, they will be reported to the U.S. Food Administration, and without a doubt, by them would be considered hoarders, and for such class, there is a very severe penalty. It is recommended that the merchants receive flour turned back by individuals, giving them credit for so many pounds of flour returned, but they need not agree on the price. If the individual desired to trade it for other merchandise, an estimated price might be arrived at, but final settlement is delayed until the Food Administration settles for the flour, and then the merchant allow the customer whatever price the Food Administration paid for the same. Under the government's regulation of foodstuffs, bakeries, as well as certain logging camps throughout the state of Oregon, are licensed. These will be allowed to purchase flour based on 70% of last year's sales. The merchants of Jackson County have agreed in case they handle any baker's bread, not to handle any except war bread, which at present contains 40% substitutes and which undoubtedly the Food Administration will raise to higher percentages of substitutes. As a matter of convenience and also for patriotic demonstration, we have set Saturday, June 8th, as a day for all individuals to voluntarily turn back any flour which they are willing to turn over to our government for the use of our soldiers and our allies. It is recommended that merchants receiving said flour make such display of returned flour as in their judgment will help the case. Remember, with Medford trade is Medford made. And this goes for the state too. We need payrolls to make Oregon a prosperous state. Evidence in plenty is available that prosperity goes hand in hand with payrolls. Wherever a goodly number of people are steadily employed at a good wage, there you will find a prosperous community. The payroll dollar comes back into circulation quickly and moves from one business to another, one profession to another, and as it moves, it stimulates each and every one. Oregon's payrolls are now greater than ever known. They are growing greater every day. The shipyards and kindred industries are spreading millions of dollars into the hands of thousands of workers. The workers pass it along through all the avenues of business, and the country is now what we call prosperous. This wonderful example of the benefit of payrolls should not be without its moral. What if shipbuilding would suddenly cease? What would become of the thousands now employed there? What other lines of wage earning would they take up? In the midst of our prosperity, we must be serious about this thing of payrolls. There is a way to provide against a possible calamity, but every citizen must do his or her duty 
There is no law to compel it. It is a matter for individual action. Every citizen must demand Oregon factory products. Keep up the demand. Insist upon the merchant trade stocking Oregon goods. If you do not increase production by your demand of our factory products, how can they grow and prosper and add more and more people to their payrolls and thus build up a big manufacturing state? It is your move, Mr. Oregon citizen. It is your job to support Oregon industries. Begin today! Slackers had better get it together soon because a new anti-loafing law has just been passed by the Medford City Council. It is now up to the idle men of Medford to get employment or jobs of some kind at once or go to jail. For the city council last night passed the much-talked-of war ordinance with an emergency clause which puts the measure into effect at once. The ordinance is designed to compel all male persons of Medford who are physically fit to perform some useful service during the period of the war. For the violation of the ordinance, a penalty of $100 fine or 30 days in jail or both is provided. Several councilmen, although favoring the passage of the measure, objected to the wording of the ordinance and thought some of its provisions a little too drastic. This is the ordinance adopted at the recent war conference in Portland. It is in effect in that city and is being adopted in most of the cities and towns of Oregon, as well as throughout the United States. The council also listened to a reading of several long proposed ordinances, which were brought back by Mayor Gates and City Attorney Mears from the war conference, including one to prevent seditious utterances in meetings another relating to the prevention of venereal diseases. These ordinances will be acted on later. The new War Idler Ordinance reads in part as follows. Section 1. It shall be unlawful for any male person in the city of Medford who is physically fit to perform some useful service to remain idle during the period of the war, and all such persons shall, during such periods, be habitually and regularly engaged in some lawful, useful, and recognized business, profession, occupation, trade, or employment for at least 36 hours per week, and any person refusing to be so employed shall be deemed guilty of a violation of this ordinance and shall, upon conviction thereof in the city court, be punished by a fine not exceeding $100 or by imprisonment in the city jail for a period not exceeding 30 days, or both such fine and imprisonment. In no case shall the possession by the accused of money, property, or income sufficient to support himself and those regularly dependent on him be a defense to any prosecution under this act. Section 2 states, in no case shall the claim by the accused of his inability to obtain work or employment be a defense to a prosecution hereunder unless it shall be proved that the accused promptly notified the recorder of the city of Medford of his inability to obtain employment and requested that work or employment be found for him and that such employment was not furnished him 
and shall hold a certificate from said recorder that such application has been made. Section 3 states, It shall be the duty of the city recorder, whenever any person shall inform him of his inability to obtain employment, as aforesaid to register forthwith the name of such person, together with his address, age, and any other information which he may deem necessary. The city recorder shall thereupon assign or cause to be assigned, and if necessary, reassign or cause to be reassigned, such person to occupations as aforesaid, carried on by the city of Medford, by the state or any county or municipality thereof, or by private employers engaged in agricultural, industrial, or other occupations of the character above mentioned, and who accept the services of such persons. Provided, however, that no person shall be required to work under this ordinance any greater number of hours per day than lawfully constitutes a day's work in the occupation in which such persons is required to engage. In the event of the city recorder being unable to procure employment for such persons applying, it shall then be the duty of the said recorder to certify so to such person in writing. Section 4 goes on to say that all persons required to work under this ordinance shall receive compensation of not less than the wage or salary paid to others engaged in the same nature of work to which each person is assigned. There is, of course, more to this ordinance, but I think enough has been provided here to get the point across. To all those slackers, the time has come to do your bit, be it voluntarily or otherwise. Our boys sure aren't slackers, that's for sure. They are unswervingly persistent and eager to do their patriotic duty. Luther Duell, who recently went to Portland to enlist in the Navy, was rejected because he was five pounds too light. He then waited, trained, and fattened up for a week or so, after which he tried to enlist again and was accepted. He was expected to pass through the city this afternoon en route to Portland to the Naval Training Station at San Francisco. Nothing goes better with sunshine than a swell day fishing down at the local stream, wouldn't you say? I sure would. But you better make sure you get your license before you fish or face some serious consequences, which will be sure to ruin that splendid day. Fishermen who have not yet obtained their 1918 fishing licenses had better do so before trying their luck at any stream. For P.H. Daly, Deputy Fish and Game Warden in this district, has begun a campaign to round up all fishermen without licenses. Saturday, he caught three men fishing without licenses and placed them under arrest. He made three arrests at Grants Pass last Saturday of men who were gaffing fish at the Ament Dam. Each was fined $25 and costs. Well, folks, that's all I've got for you this week. Thanks for listening. Remember, these news stories have been brought to you by the Mail Tribune, a weekly series featuring news items that were drawn from the archives of the Mail Tribune from 100 years ago. 
You can find more stories like this in the MT100 column in the newspaper or online at mailtribune.com. And be sure to follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like this podcast or have something you'd like to share with me, let me know in the comments or on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Have a swell day and check back next week for more stories from the archive.